0: This is the Talk of the Town. From Morgantown to Clarksburg, if it's happening, we're talking about it. Call the show toll-free at 1-800-765-8255. Now, here are your hosts for the Talk of the Town, Dave Wilson and Sarah Giosi.
1: Good morning. Welcome to the program, Talk of the Town. We've done it again. Got through the week one more time. Yeah, give yourself a round of applause. You've made it to a Friday. That means on this show, whatever you want to talk about, we will talk about it. But you have to call me. 800-765-TALK. 800-765-8255 is the phone number. 304-TALK. 304 is the text line. We'll talk about whatever you want to. It, has, it can be absolutely nothing to do with what we're talking about at the time because that's kind of the theme of the show. Anything goes Friday. We will spend a minute or two this morning with Monongalia County. Oh, I just had a governor moment there. Couldn't pronounce Monongalia. By the way, okay. Seriously. I understand Monongalia is kind of a funny word, and, and it often gets confused with Monongahela. I mean, come on. The governor still can't say Monongalia. Press briefings three times a week for the last more than a year. Still can't say Monongalia. All right, that's my rant for Anything Goes Friday. And you know what? Here's the here's the little secret. It really, you just say it like it's spelled. Monongalia. Pretty simple. All right, that's my Anything Goes Friday rant. Uh, Monongalia County State Senator Bob Beach going to join us uh, for a few minutes this morning. We'll talk to him. We've been following the, I hesitate to use the word controversy, issue of Fairmont State University and Pierpont Community and Technical College. There was a bill moving in the House of Delegates that... Had a lot of questions associated with it because the intent of the bill was to reunite Pierpont and Fairmont State University, making Pierpont a division of Fairmont State University. Uh, We heard from Dave Goldberg, who is the uh, chairman of the Fairmont State University Board of Governors. He came on and spoke uh, in favor of the bill, outlined the advantages to it. We talked to Senator Beach, also spoke with the interim president, Pierpont Community and Technical College, Dr. Anthony Hancock, who uh, expressed his opposition and outlined why Pierpont needed to remain an independent and its own sovereign institution. Well, this week, amazingly enough, representatives from the two sides got in a room together. They had an hours-long meeting and they hashed out an agreement. Now, there was $3 million involved. I'm trying to get... I'd like to hear more information about that, but they hashed out an agreement. The two institutions will remain separate. Pierpont will assume control of the Caperton Center and over the course of the next year will remove or shift its presence off of the Fairmont State University campus, and both institutions will move forward as separate, individual schools. So we'll talk to Senator Beach about how the meeting came to fruition, what what exactly happened there. I'd like to know more about the $3 million and how that got divvied up and the purpose it served. So we'll get into that with Senator Beach. Your calls, texts, and tweets as well. Also, Greg Carey stops by before we'll clear the way for Hoppy Kirchville. Good one. Good one last night in Clarksburg. Morgantown and RCB, two of the top teams, just period, in the state of West Virginia. RCB, I think, clearly at the top of the class in the uh, Class AAA this year. Morgantown certainly among the top teams in uh, 4A, getting together for the second time in a couple of weeks. And uh, an outstanding fourth quarter for the Mohegans. So we'll get into that with Greg Carey, also Uh, Fairmont senior in action. Bridgeport finally plays a game, and they're going to play Morgantown on Saturday. So we'll cover all that coming up as well. Your calls, texts, and tweets are always welcome at 800-765-TALK. 800-765-8255 is the phone number. 304-TALK, 304 is the text line. Let's hit the headlines here. I'll check in under the dome in Charleston. Uh, amendments are now pending for the tax proposal pending in the house of delegates. That's the plan. That's the householder plan to reduce the income tax by $150 million for 12 years, eventually phasing it out that way. Uh, so that plan sitting in the house of delegates amendments pending, uh, let's see what else yesterday. Transgender athletes would be prohibited from participating in sports other than those representing their birth gender under a bill approved in the House of Delegates yesterday. House and Senate floor sessions are on tap for today. Up for passage in the House is the proposed Second Amendment Preservation Act. Uh, I believe the Senate floor session starts at 10, House at 11, coverage, WVMetroNews.com. COVID update, 30 counties holding, about 30 counties holding vaccination clinics today. Today. DHR reporting more than 280,000 residents now fully vaccinated. 175,000 people have received at least one shot. Uh, the week closing out, infection rate right around 4%. Hospitalizations are ticking up a tad. DHHR confirmed five real virus-related deaths on Thursday. Governor will hold his briefing. Uh, should be getting started this hour. Coverage at WVMetroNews.com. Police in Preston County have charged a couple with Killing John Uphold on March 9th. 34-year-old Zachary Saunders and his girlfriend Stephanie Heath are in custody today. Uh, Let's see, anything else? Oh, uh, it's last weekend to ski, if that's your thing. Snowshoe Mountain Resort in Pocahontas County will have trails open one more time. Tucker County Timberline Mountain will be open tomorrow, offering one last day to... uh, to hit the slopes. I mentioned, uh, let's see, I mentioned University, or not University, University does play tonight, they'll play Preston, but I mentioned Morgantown beats RCB 56-44 and uh, wind advisories for the region, going to be gusty, winds gusting up to around 50 miles per hour today. Those are your headlines, you can get much more detail, that's why we call them headlines, but you can get the details over at the website, go to wdvmetronews.com. Senator Beach going to join us next. Montague County Senator will talk about the meeting that led to an agreement between Fairmont State and Pierpont, keeping those two institutions separate and sovereign. A little bit later on, we'll talk sports with Greg Carey. In between, it is all you at 800-765-TALK, 800-765-8255. 304-TALK, 304 304 is the text line. And i got a story here. We'll, We'll get to it. We'll get to it. I can't believe one. It took me until today to find it, that it hadn't popped on my radar until today. Two, and maybe, and the reason I'm bringing it up is because I can't believe it took until today for this story to pop up on my radar. We'll talk about it. It's Friday. We'll have some fun with it. It's nine We'll talk to State Senator Bob Beach after this. Just getting started on a Friday morning.
0: Now, back to the
1: Talk of the Town. We learned yesterday that this week there was a meeting with representatives from Fairmont State University and Pierpont Community and Technical College. They got in a room together. It took a while, but they hashed out an agreement. Both institutions will remain uh, their own separate sovereign institutions. There had been a bill moving to reunite them and make Pierpont a division of Fairmont State University. We'd covered that uh, previously on the show. Joining us now is Montague County State Senator Bob Beach. Good morning, Bob. Hey, good morning, Dave. How did this all come together?
2: Well, I'll tell you what, it was, I, I have to give full credit to uh, Senator Blair and Senator Rucker um, and, and the legislative body as a whole, because quite honestly, we were getting tired of seeing this issue come to us for the last three years. I think Senator Rucker and uh, Senator Blair decided, well, let's just put an end to it right now. Invited the folks to uh, to the uh, Capitol, put them in a the room, more or less locked the door and said, uh, you know what, work this out by Friday at noon. And uh, if you do so, there's $3 million on the table to uh, make it happen a little faster. So uh, they went at it for six hours, uh, working on various pieces of the puzzle, so to speak, uh, trying to determine who would have what facility and uh and the time frame and um, just a host of different things He would take on some of the bond debt that's uh, involved in some of the uh, campuses around uh, that tri-county area, really. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's 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 a done deal, and uh, uh, we're very, very happy with it. I know Pierpont's very happy. They walk away with $2.5 million of the uh, $3 million that was on the table, and uh, they will be the uh, sole owners of the uh, large Caperton facility in downtown Clarksburg. So I'm anxious to see what Pierpont will do with that. And then of course uh the the big piece and what has been for some time was the struggle of what to do with the, the airport program. Um Pierpont has a wonderful technology program there, aircraft maintenance and and, and um oh there's another component to that'll be the avionics. And Fairmont State has wanted that for some time. Well it's 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 the golden apple, so to speak. So Pierpont didn't want to give that up. So what's going to occur there is with the facility that they currently work out of at the airport there in Clarksburg is owned by Fairmont State, so Pierpont will either get another facility or another facility here within the next, uh, I'll say, 24 months, so then uh, Fairmont will be sole ownership of the building that uh, Pierpont currently leases, so uh, a lot of pieces there, and uh, I think it's for the good of the campus. Uh, you know, as the debate was moving forward with the bill, there was a big fear, and it was it was a fear that it had to be justified. Um, was a the loss of accreditation for both campuses uh, because uh, uh, that procedure was not followed properly in the higher learning commission who does the accreditation. Uh, they want to know in a, a year in advance before any kind of movements are like this are made. And that was not done. So uh, there was a real fear that uh, both campuses would lose accreditation. So accreditation stays in place for both campuses and uh, we get to move forward and start building Pierpont and Fairmont state as independent campuses.
1: Talking to Mon County Senator Bob Beach, the $3 million, uh, how does that come into play? Is that related to to bonding expenditures that the two shared? How does that factor into all this?
2: Well, I I think the $3 million was placed on the table because uh, Pierpont's going to need that extra money just to move off of campus. Now, they don't have a lot to move off of the um, Locust Avenue uh, campus of Fairmont State, but they are... Uh, large programs, in the sense that uh, one's the um, culinary program, the other one's the early childhood education. So there's a lot of equipment involved in moving. Uh, also, you just can't move to into a- any building with a culinary program. It has to be set up more or less like a restaurant with the grease traps and all that stuff. So it's it's very costly. And then moving forward, of obviously the the program there at the airport getting Pierpont moved into a new hangar and uh, classroom space. That's pretty costly. So that three million dollars was brought to the table. Um, quite honestly, to help that scenario, but I, I through it all when I was told what was going to occur in that room. I was certain that Pierpont, or excuse me, w, or Fairmont State, excuse me, Fairmont State would walk out of there with the $3 million, but in fact, it turned out to be Pierpont, and I think it's a good thing because uh, that, that, that last piece of the puzzle, physically moving them off campus, will be uh, very costly, and um, Pierpont will still have to acquire probably some more space, uh, maybe just for administration. Uh, but uh, all in all, it's 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 a good deal. But the three million dollars, going back to that your original question, uh, I believe that's probably from the governor's contingency fund, and it was just more or less to entice these folks to get the job done, uh, and and let's let's put this behind us. So uh, the final contract will be drawn, crafted by the the governor's office, their staff, and then um, I'm hoping that it's my desire that Senator Rucker Blair and myself, um, along with uh, Delegate Guy Ward, there in. Marion County that we can all come together and there'll be an official signing of the contract and making this a permanent uh, situation of separation.
1: Does this Um, finally put this to bed? But you mentioned this as this isn't the first time this issue has come in front of you guys down at Charleston. Does this put it to bed finally?
2: It does Uh, and uh, just to let you know there was a lot of input from the other community colleges. Uh, Many were afraid and, and several legislators who have been around long enough who were there when we developed the community college system. We were afraid uh, that if this was to occur, that this merger would occur, that it would unravel all those other community college systems that are out there. So this kind of sends a message to those campuses who are eyeing other institutions, you know, this is not going to happen. So, uh, yeah, they were offering their two cents into the, the whole scenario. So I'm glad they did because I think uh, – well, I don't think I know Senator Rucker, who's the education chair, was listening to these these campus presidents because we've done a lot with community colleges and and they're growing. They're probably growing faster than our four year institutions are here in the state of West Virginia. Uh, we've done a lot to uh, to make them uh, viable operations. We've uh, put things in place for students to, uh, you know, obviously with the West Virginia grants program, the invest grants program uh, that's enticing students to come back to campus. So, yeah, our community college systems are growing, and uh, that's what we need in the state of West Virginia. We need that vocational track for students and meet that workforce need we have across the state of West Virginia. Pierpont Services, 13-county region, and has done a fantastic job over the last few years, and we want to keep it
1: moving in that direction. Talking to Montgomery County Senator Bob Beach. Uh, Change gears for just a moment. Uh, Over on the House side, uh, they're considering what's kind of been dubbed the Householder Tax Plan, an alternative to the governor's plan to phase out the state income tax. Um, what have the talks been like, or have there been many talks over on the Senate side about what to do with uh, the governor's tax plan?
2: Uh, there's, there's been a lot of talks, <laughs> trust me. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think what we're looking for right now is uh, we, we are to meet with the governor, the Senate Democrats are to meet with the governor later this morning. Uh, I suspect he's, he's going to make a pitch for his proposal. Household plan is coming over to the to the Senate side, I understand. Uh, yeah. But it's it's an odd bill, and the fact that it it does remove the income tax, uh, but there's not a mechanism there to backfill the revenue that we're going to lose. Uh, so what we're anticipating that there there may be a uh, a strike and insert that uh, we take the the, uh, the bill that comes from the house and plug the governor's bill in or pieces of the governor's bill. Um, that that message is not being well-received across the state of West Virginia, especially with our beer wholesalers, our soft drink people, our tobacco, or retailers. Uh, that message is not flying. And um, I don't think it will be well-received if, if that's the case, uh, if they go with strike and insert. At the same time, uh, uh, with the new finance chair, he may have other plans. He may be thinking of other proposals to uh, find revenue to backfill that budget. Uh, another one is uh, professional services, uh, taxing um, attorneys and, and real estate firms and things like that. Um, that won't garner the, m- the money that we need to backfill, because I understand it's a pretty large number. Um, so, um, yeah, there, there's, there's still a long ways to go to get that bill passed. Um, uh, just so you know, tomorrow is the day that the bills have to be out of committee, yeah. and crossover day is Wednesday. So there's not much time left to uh, for the, each body to work on their own bills. But then we have, what, 15 days after that to uh, – get the bills back over before the final night of session. So there's going to be a lot of conversation. Yeah. I'm glad I, I don't sit on finance because those are going to be long meetings. I can tell <laughs> that. Uh, once is, that bill is...
1: if, in your mind, or is there a, is there a compromise somewhere I'm more interested in rather than running something through along partisan lines, coming to some sort of a compromise where everyone gets a little bit of, or some of what they want. Is there, is there a compromise somewhere that you could see?
2: I'm not seeing anything at this point, Dave, no. um, We've just been focused on kind of, you know, listening to to our constituents out there, and those special interest groups, you know, like I mentioned, the wholesalers and things like that, who are opposed to it. I have not seen a compromise bill out there at all. Uh, you know, we, we, as the Democrats, we've been focused on trying to figure out a way to fix broadband in the state of West Virginia. That has been our, our focus, and uh, unfortunately, that bill was never taken up. Uh, that's Obviously, that's a priority for West Virginia, is broadband, if we're going to move forward, uh, but... Yeah, it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks here in regards to that particular piece of legislation. There's other other hot topics out there, and uh, but this one is kind of taking the center stage yeah. right now, just simply because of the householder bill that's coming our
1: way. Well, the, the final couple of weeks of the legislative session is always a sprint, and uh, this might be exhausting by the time you get to the end of this one, so hold on to your hat.
2: There you go. There you go. Um, you know, without the lobbyists in the building, it has been a different atmosphere. Yeah. You don't... You don't really feel that pressure like you have in previous years, and uh, I shouldn't say lobbyist only because uh, there's not a lot of constituents walking around the building either. So, uh, yeah, it's
1: been interesting. And no Hoppy Kirchville to walk by all this time, right? Well, I hear,
2: yeah, I hear that all the time. Where's <laughs> Hoppy? Where's Hoppy? Because he he was always set up outside the Senate Chambers. Yeah. There. So uh, yeah, everyone wants to know where Hoppy's located. So uh, well, he's in Morgantown someplace.
1: Someplace. Montague <laughs> County Senator Bob Beach. Bob, I appreciate you stopping by. Have a great weekend, buddy.
2: Yeah, you have you, too. Thank you. Thank you. All right.
1: So you throw $3 million on the table. That'll get a deal done. Text line 304, talk 304. Dave asked the senator if he can get the legislature to give you and Sarah money to stay apart. (laughs) I'd take $3 million. I'm sure she would, too. All right, coming up, open phones, Greg Carey. We'll talk a little high school basketball before we uh, head into the weekend. And the story that I came across this morning, I can't believe it took me a week to get there and why it's not getting any more pub. We'll talk about that next. Right now it's 930 and time to get a news update. Let's check in with the Metro News Anchor Desk find out what's happening across West Virginia.
0: We're talking about your town. Now, back to the talk of the town.
1: Phones are open. 800-765-TALK. 800-765-8255. 304-TALK-304. Got a couple of things to get to here. Uh, Clarksburg City Council spent some time last night in a special session discussing how to spend the COVID relief money that is coming into the city. Uh, they met with Chad Riley of the Thrasher Engineering group to discuss best ways to use the plan's funding. Um, Harrison County is receiving about $13 million. Clarksburg is going to get $6.3 million, give or take, uh, to work on the city. Let me see. Let me scan through this. Uh, Some of the ideas that were discussed include demolition of the Parsons Hotel, the Waldo Hotel for redevelopment purposes. A couple of projects Clarksburg City officials have spoken with community leaders about using the funds to improve water, sewer, broadband, internet, infrastructure uses. So Clarksburg City Council talking about ways to use that uh, COVID relief money. We talked to J.B. McCuskey yesterday, the state auditor, and uh, they're going to be keeping track. And you better keep track of how you are spending that money from everything that – from the sources I've spoke to, to what I've read. You better be careful. And I know there are several local – Governments, including the Montague County Commission, that really wants to know what are the guidelines. How can we spend this money? Because what you don't want to do is to put yourself in a position where you find out after the fact, uh, you know, well, we didn't spend it properly, and now you've got to pay that money back to the to the federal government. And so I know a lot of local entities, local governments are waiting on that very definitive, uh, you know, guidelines on what exactly can you use this for? You know, and, and look, everybody's in the initial stages of how do you spend this money? I will say this, and I, when the president signed the bill, I said it then, look, we can go all day long complaining about about the bill, but now the money's coming. You're not going to stop it from coming, so you better figure out a good way to put it to use to benefit everybody in your city or your county, and whether that's through infrastructure improvements, um, you know, updating sewer, broadband infrastructure, whatever it might be, you better figure out a way to use it and use it effectively. But I do sit and scratch my head and go, what does the demolition of the... Uh, Parsons Hotel and the Waldo Hotel for redevelopment purposes have anything to do with COVID relief? Can somebody draw that line and connect those two dots? Not that those aren't worthy projects, not that those projects don't need to be done or that they'd be a great benefit to the community there. What does that have to do with COVID relief? Same in Montague County. If you're able to use that COVID money that's going to come to the county for broadband infrastructure projects. Great. That's great. It needs to be done. But what in the world did that have to do with providing COVID relief? I can't seem to make that connection. Uh, 304-TALK-304. It's a text line. 800-765-TALKS, the phone number. Okay. This story took a week, uh, about a week to pop up on my radar. And as you all know, I'm a morning guy, so to come to work and be on the air starting at 530 in the morning, I get to work really early, which means I'm listening to the overnight show where, you know, that's, that's the crazy show, right, where they talk about ghosts and aliens and Bigfoot and all the above, Dogman, Mothman, everything in between. Find it highly entertaining. I find it highly entertaining. So I was surprised it took me a week to find this story. A former top national intelligence official hinted that an upcoming government report on UFOs will include information that cannot be easily explained. Former director of national intelligence John Ratcliffe appeared on Fox News' Maria Bartiromo last Friday. He said, quote, There are instances where we do not have good explanations for some of the things that we have seen. When that information becomes declassified, I'll be able to talk about it a little bit more. He continued, There have been sightings all over the world, Ratcliffe said. And when we talk about sightings, the other thing I will tell you, it's not just a pilot or just a satellite or some intelligence collection. Usually we have multiple sensors that are picking up these things. What? What? How did it take a week for the four... Have you seen, Luke, have you seen this story? Luke's on the other side of the glass this morning. Have you seen this? Okay, you haven't seen... The former director of national intelligence goes on cable news. He's not on the overnight show. This isn't Art Bell or George Norrie. He's on primetime cable news national network saying, yeah, there's some things out there. We, we, uh, yeah, we don't know what they are. We can't really explain it. (laughs) Excuse me. And really, doesn't that leave what? Three possibilities if, you, if there's something being picked up, you don't know what they are. It's either us, us as the in United States, and it's some top-secret project that most people aren't aware of and we're doing a really bad job of hiding it. Or it's another country's top-secret project that we're unaware of and we're doing a really bad job of hiding it. Or it's none of the above, and that's concerning. I mean, this isn't you know Delbert coming off the mountaintop telling you about the lights he saw last night. Which, by the way, if you saw him, please three hundred four talk three hundred four eight hundred seven six five talk. But <laughs> this is the former director of national intelligence going, yeah, yeah. That way we have, we have no idea. We don't know what those are. Could be anything. Okay. But let's spend twenty minutes on whether or not the president had a gaffe during his press conference. We'll spend twenty minutes on that, or whether he did he really fall up the steps. We'll take twenty minutes on that. Never mind that there are UFOs flying around, and now apparently the federal government's admitting it. (sighs) Took a week. Took a week. 304-TALK-304, the text line, eight hundred seven six five talks the phone number. Greg Carey's going to join us next. I don't know if Greg's ever seen a UFO. I know he's seen a lot of good basketball. We'll talk to him about that. Luke, you ever seen one? No? Would you admit it if you had? Kyle's over there. Kyle, you ever seen an alien spacecraft? <laughs> Kyle just looked at me and goes, what is he talking about? <laughs> All right, we'll talk some high school basketball. Good one last night down in the birdcage. Morgantown and RCB got together on the floor. We'll talk about that with Greg Carey. Also, uh, look ahead to what's coming up this weekend. Aliens, we'll throw that in there as well. What the heck. It's 942. It's Friday. We're back after this.
0: Join the conversation at 1 800 765 8255. This is the talk of the town. 800
1: 765 Talks, the phone number, 800 765 uh, 8255. 304 Talk 304 is the text line. Mention News Sports. Greg Carey watched a good one last night. He was in Clarksburg covering Morgantown versus RCB, two of the top teams, just period. In the state and Greg RCB, I thought was going to pull out another one, but uh, Morgantown had an impressive fourth quarter. Good
0: morning, Dave. They hey, sure man. did. Um, you know, Robert C Bird looked to be in control of that game for just about the four, first three quarters. Um, you know, they actually built uh, an 11 point advantage about halfway through the fourth quarter, and you know Morgantown seemed to have everything working against them, but Mohegans were able to get back to within six at the start of the fourth and then they really dominated the final eight minutes. Um looked like Robert C. kinda of ran out of some gas. Bryson Lucas, who's easily their top player, uh he was forced to leave with a couple minutes, uh a couple minutes into the fourth quarter with cramps. And when he came back, Morgantown had jumped in front by a point and uh he looked to have a little bit of gas he just did a very good job defensively and they hold RCB to just two points on a, on a put-back layup with inside of a minute remaining uh, in the fourth quarter to even the regular season series of one game apiece.
1: You know, uh, Morgantown coach Dave Tallman, who has been known to uh, bring his own fire to a game, uh, kind of took a different approach. He just kind of challenged his team, but very casually said, you guys going to show them how tough you are or what? And uh, they responded.
0: Certainly, yeah. And that's one thing Coach Tallman remarked after the game. You know, he said it wasn't a cut on any of his previous players or teams, but he said, you know, in my time at Morgantown, I always think that the opponent, you know, feels like there's a little bit of softness to us. And he said he thought that was on display in the first half. Bird out-rebounded Morgantown by six. They came up with, you know, well over 50% of the loose balls and those 50-50 balls that, you know, you think can probably go either way. It seemed like they were all falling into the lap of the Eagles. But, in the second half, Morgantown dominates the glass 23-10. to They do a great job not only on Bryson Lucas after he scores 19 points in the first half, but really on Robert C. Burke's role players, and I thought that was a major difference in the game. They were able to keep Gavin Kennedy in check, and they did a much better job on Jeremiah King in the second half. And I think Coach Tolman found out the answer he was looking for in regards to uh, when that toughness was going to be displayed by his team.
1: Yeah, I think and he admitted he said, "Kind of glad Bird's not in four A. They're down in Triple A. Uh, certainly one of the top teams there in Triple A. But you also got Fairmont Senior, uh, who picked up another win. They're eight and zero. You got some good basketball on the top of that Triple A bracket.
0: Yeah, and I think maybe there was some thought that, kind of because of how things played out last year. I know Fairmont Senior got hot at the end of the season, but you know by their own measure and their standards, it was somewhat of a down year for the Polar Bears. But They've got Jalen Johnson back and, and, you know, he's one of the better front court players in the state. He's a guy who's very physical, very athletic on the glass. And one thing about Dave Retton's team, regardless of whether it's one of his more talented groups or not, they're always going to give you their best effort defensively. And when you start looking through some of Fairbond seniors results this year, they've done a great job on that side of the ball. You know, they've been able to hold a lot of their opponents in that 40 and 50 point range. And anytime you do that, you're going to give yourself a great opportunity to win.
1: Talking to Greg Carey, Metro News Sports, Bridgeport will come to Morgantown Saturday afternoon. The Indians probably just happy to play a game. They've had a tough time finding games with uh, opponents uh, getting stuck in protocol.
0: Yeah, and this will be a great test. Bridgeport got off to a little bit of a slow start this year. They had a crack at Robert C. Bird and didn't fare so well early in the season, but they've played a little bit better. You mentioned they have had some difficulty actually getting on the court and finding opponents, but... A team that didn't have a ton of experience at this level got a few guys that are kind of working their way in, and they seem to be playing better ball over the last couple of weeks. So it'll be good, to, you know, for Dave Marshall to see how his team stands up to another elite group in Morgantown and kind of you know look at that measuring stick from their growth over the last three weeks since they did face Robert Seabird.
1: Hard to believe we're almost halfway through the regular season already.
0: Yeah, and you know I was just talking with Joe Bricotto a couple of days ago about this. You know the girls' playoffs are going to be. You know, revealing their seed here in the next 10 or 12 days, and the boys will be soon after. And, you know, we're, we're coming up on April, but feels like we've only been doing this for a couple of weeks, and we have. And sure enough, it'll be state tournament time for both girls and boys before you know it.
1: Hey, do you ever think you'd be covering basketball, complaining that it's uh, hot in the gym and you're wearing uh, shorts and a T-shirt?
0: I did not, but I'll tell you what. I, there was a time. It was last night because it was extremely hot in Bird's Gym.
1: I believe Kyle Wiggs called it blazing hot, is how uh, I heard Wiggy describe it last night.
0: Yeah, I, I would have to agree. I would say I was Kyle's so, sentiment with him. It was uh, one of the hotter experiences I've had in covering a high school basketball game. Certainly,
1: you can read Greg's recap of the uh, Morgantown RCB game over at WVMetroNews.com. And I'm sure where you headed tonight. I'm sure you'll be somewhere.
0: I am actually going to get my first look at uh, Gilmore County's girls' team, one of the Ooh. top-rated teams in, in Class A. They are playing at Doddridge County. So I will be getting a look at the Titans, who uh, are expecting to be in the mix at the end of the season.
1: All right. Safe travels. Greg, appreciate it, buddy. Thanks.
0: No problem.
1: I'm Metro News Sports' Greg Carey. Got a slew of text to get to. We'll do that next. Now back to the talk of the town. Let's clear some text 304 talk 304 before Hoppy Kirchvold takes over. Text Dave, who can I give $3 million to, to bring Starlink to West Virginia? Seriously. Uh, I don't know. I am surprised though. Usually you don't get such a candid explanation. You bring the the officials from Pierpont and Fairmont State in a room, throw $3 million on the table, and say, figure it out. Lo and behold, they figured it out, huh? And I I would still like more explanation, and it sounded like we'll get that eventually, about A, where the money comes from, B, where the money's going, and C, why didn't anybody think of that earlier? Dave, I've seen three things in the sky I cannot explain. But what are they? cuz i brought up the story of the the former D- director of national intelligence goes on cable news in prime time and says, yeah there's some stuff up there we 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 can't figure that one out it's not us we don't think it's not somebody else we don't think option c that's it's a little concerning isn't it uh Dave, if you get a kick out of Bigfoot stories, maybe you need to watch Resident Alien on TV. He's a bumbling alien, okay? And I do get a kick out of those. I miss Sarah Giosi, don't we all? (laughs) Don't we all? Uh, Sarah will be back uh, about another month, month and a half or so. She's uh, taking her family leave as she continues to... uh, well, as you all know, her husband passed away unexpectedly in January. A lot of things there, uh, both personally and uh, on the business side, that have to be taken care of, and uh, she's dealing with all that. By the way, his memorial, there's a whole weekend being planned. Maybe she can hop on with us one day and give us details. It's coming up in April. I think April 10th is the day, and it's it's a whole day of uh, crossfitting, fitting and um, there will be a memorial service Uh, That evening, I know there are food trucks involved. I do know that, but uh, I'm sure she'll come on. We'll we'll get some more details. But it's going to be a whole day of events uh, to honor Jeff Josie coming up a little bit later this spring. Hoppy Kirchville is standing by. Hoppy's coming up. Metro News Talk Line. Bill Cole, the former Senate President, gubernatorial candidate, and now uh, proponent of the governor's tax plan, will join Hoppy. Former General. Retired General Jim Hoyer, Brad McElhenney, Tony J. Powers, and of course, steam release coming up at 11.33. A couple of things keep your eyes on. Uh, House Bill 2592 is up for first reading in the House. That would require all elections, including municipalities, to be held uh, during statewide elections. Looks like that will make it out of the House before crossover day. And uh, Montague County Commission meeting today, they're expected to uh, lower the levy rates. So, We'll hear from the county commission coming up a little bit later today. That's going to do it for me. Enjoy your weekend. Have fun. We'll reconvene Monday morning. Get it started all again at 9.06. Thanks to Luke Wiggs, Ethan Collins, Kyle Wiggs this week. Appreciate all the help, guys. Hoppy's next